0: All right, live from the studio, what is poppin', everybody? It is exactly 2 p.m. here at The Stew. That was not planned at all, Uh, yet somehow I am right on time. Uh, My name is Jimmy Seleski. As I mentioned previously, we're coming at you on a lovely Tuesday. Now, this is the first you're hearing from me this week uh, because yesterday... Although I feel as if I made some excellent points um something about the way I discussed the Ravens game just left me feeling a little I don't know what the word would be dirty that's definitely not the word dirty is not I didn't feel dirty I just felt a little unsatisfied with uh, my takes. Not because I didn't think they were valid. Maybe because they were too valid. Um, I had some criticisms uh, directed towards the team as a whole, towards the NFL, towards Lamar. Obviously, as I am wont to do sometimes... I want to, I think I'm out of the criticizing Lamar business. I think I am. I'll give you a couple reasons. Now, for context, obviously, we're coming off of a heartbreaking loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. We, by we, I mean the Baltimore Ravens. I forget that not everyone that listens to this Uh, A, exists, and B, exists in Baltimore. Um, But we came off a heartbreaking loss to them in the AFC Championship. The Chiefs will be going to the Super Bowl uh, two Sundays from now against the San Francisco 49ers. It would have really been nice for that to have been the Ravens. Um, But, I mean, there's not really much to say about that game, even though I found an hour's worth of stuff to say yesterday. At the end of the day, we lost seventeen to ten. It was, it was just a hard game to watch. We just really, you know, like I said yesterday, winners find a way to win, losers find a way to lose. The Ravens found a way to lose on Sunday, so that was sad. Um, but I, I had some. I, I, I'm out of the Lamar criticism business because, a, in my riper age. Of 31, I'm beginning to wonder who the hell am I to cast aspersions and criticisms on another grown man who has inarguably accomplished far more than I have at a much younger age. Pretty sure he's fairly well younger than me, probably by like five years younger than me or whatever. Four or five. Uh, am I really in a position to be able to hurl my anguish at him? I don't think so. Now, I don't think you have to be a current or former football player to criticize football players any more than I think you have to be a musician to criticize music or a politician to criticize politicians. I don't think that that's the case. You know, a doctor doesn't have to be sick to cure you. I think in order for your Public criticisms to be taken seriously or to hold any genuine weight, you ideally would have reached a similar level of accomplishment in whatever field it is that you aspire to in order to criticize someone else in their field. That field could be sports commentating. If you are a professional sports commentator, then, you know, safe to say you are accomplished enough in your field to discuss athletes and their, and their you know shortcomings and achievements, especially since that is, of course, your job. It's not my job, and I am barely a professional anything at this point. Musician would be the closest. Uh, I am a professional musician, but I'm certainly not a Ravens starting quarterback level professional musician. So I'm going to withhold my criticisms. I had some things to say about leadership yesterday. I had some things to say about, you know, greatness yesterday. But I think I have transcended from Angry from let's say mad to sad in regards to the Lamar situation. For the past five years, I have admittedly been very critical. And in my opinion, right, generally, I had good points. You know, last year I was critical about the fact that he didn't show up to the playoff game against the Bengals when he was injured. There was a contract dispute that was like underway during that time, um, and I, I did not like the optics of it that he decided to not show up to the playoff game against Cincinnati. I raised comparisons to you know imagine if you know it was 10 years ago when ray lewis and ed reed and all them were all the on the team you know what could you imagine ray lewis just not showing up to a playoff game because he's injured you can't imagine it he was a fixture of that team he still is a fixture of that team 10 years out of retirement um And whether or not he was going to be on the field playing, he still had a leadership role to fulfill in that moment. Lamar, because he could not play, did not feel as if he had a leadership role to fulfill in his presence. Or maybe that that wasn't important enough and it was more important to perhaps make a statement In regards to his contract, which is totally his prerogative. My point is, people make moves, people make decisions, and no decision is necessarily right or wrong. However, your decisions demonstrate your priorities. You know? And even the easy, even the hard decisions. Sometimes decisions aren't as cut or dry as, hey, would you like me to punch you in the face or would you like a a, a meatball sub? Pretty easy call there. Sometimes uh, they could be between two things that are very, very important to you. Ah, shit. I'm in this band, but also there's a job offer in... Uh, you know, Pittsburgh that is just too good to pass up. So you move to Pittsburgh and you take the job offer. Maybe you really wanted to be in that band too. That band might have been the second most important thing to you in life. But when you make a decision to take the job offer over continuing with the band, that is demonstrative of your priorities. That job offer was just slightly higher on your priority list than the band. That's not an easy decision. But it's a decision nonetheless. So in regards to Lamar not showing up to the playoff game, to me, I took that as he might he may very well care a lot about the team. However, he cared just a little bit more about his contract. Again, not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, when someone tells that tells you what matters to them, listen. And in that moment, he told you what was the most important priority in his career, and it was his contract, not the Ravens winning. I'm just saying, perhaps that isn't the case in general, but in that moment you would be hard-pressed to 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 say otherwise or else how do you explain his actions so i was critical about critical of lamar in that moment i was angry about it i feel i felt as if people were constantly making excuses for you know when he makes mistakes or when he does something like that it's like you know the city is really 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 rooting for him like hardcore rooting for him i don't think i've seen baltimore so unanimously behind a guy um maybe ever i don't even think ray lewis got this much love uh while he was playing from baltimore he obviously got a ton of love Ed Reed, all those guys, they all got a ton of love. But Lamar Jackson is almost like this next level, like messianic player for the Ravens that the city just like has like put all our hopes and faith into. And I think to a fault. But I'm, I'm kind of done repeating what my opinion is of the situation. I've stated before, I think he's a phenomenal football player, perhaps one of the most talented athletes, at least in football, we've ever seen. Um, he seems to be a great, genuine person as well. He's the kind of guy you, you kind of want to see win because he just has that kind of character. I've always called into question his leadership. Uh, and I think sometimes again, I'm I don't feel as if I'm in a position to accuse him one way or the other on his abilities as a leader. I'm kind of getting to a point where I you almost start to feel bad for the guy a little bit because you can tell it's so important to him to, to, to bring a Super Bowl to Baltimore and when you have all those people pumping you up and kind of looking to you as a savior like all of America they were like all these edits of Lamar Jackson like Lamar save America i didn't I don't, I don't i'm not on tiktok so i didn't even find out about all that shit until after we after i was checking twitter after we lost but you know the whole country basically was riding with lamar unless they were chiefs fans because people are tired of the fucking chiefs fanfare and the Taylor Swift shit and all that. um, And especially, obviously, the city of Baltimore. Ravens fans. So, to kind of disappoint again, again, this is a team sport, but, you know, whereas I don't think any individual player should be blamed for a win or a loss. I do think that leaders absolutely accept the responsibility of wins and losses. That's why we fire coaches if their teams don't perform well. Um because we understand that attitude reflects leadership. And if you don't have the guys the right guys in there making the right moves and getting the team in the right headspace to capitalize on their abilities and talents and everything like that, then You know, that's a coaching issue. Likewise for players. I think when the team shows up and doesn't look like themselves, some of that needs to fall on the leaders of that team. And so if you assume the role of a leader, then you are also assuming the responsibility not just to be glorified as an excellent, great, amazing leader when the team pulls through, but also to accept the criticism when your team doesn't pull through. I mean, you can't have it one way and not the other. But I think Lamar is getting to a point, I would have to imagine mentally, where he's starting to see maybe that window close with every passing opportunity to prove that he is that guy. He's proven that he is that talented. What he has not yet proven is that he is that guy. That Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, next level, all-time great quarterback, Super Bowl caliber guy. He has not proven that. And I think that is his biggest goal. To not only bring a Super Bowl to Baltimore, but to prove to himself and the world, to all the people that doubted him, that he can do that. And he is capable of that. And he's not just a running back. He's not just a this, whatever. I'm I'm rooting for the guy. I'm done being mad. I'm rooting for the guy. Not just because, you know, if he wins the Super Bowl, that means the Ravens win the Super Bowl. And to be honest, I can't say that I'd really give too much of a shit if he were to get traded or something like that and and accomplish it with someone else. I, I don't, you know... It's not my job to be that personally invested in people that don't know me or give a fuck about me not that it's his fault he doesn't know or give a fuck about me it's just the case I'm not really super into that one-sided relationship of kind of like celebrity worship like I can only care so much about a person who absolutely does not give a fuck about me that goes for everyone not just Lamar Jackson but while he's a raven I'm rooting for the guy I think I'm I think I'm done being a brat about it. I think I've been right. I wish I was wrong, not because I enjoy being wrong, but because me being wrong would mean that the Ravens win a Super Bowl. But yeah, That's where I'm at with all that. And I think that, you know, that's kind of where you have to go. Because at a certain point, it stops feeling like a fair fight and it starts to feel like bullying. It starts to feel like kicking someone when they're down. And I'm not very much into that. However, uh, in punching up news, the Kansas City Chiefs will be advancing to the Super Bowl um, Travis Kelsey, uh, uh, some would call it Dr. Pfizer. I like Mr. Pfizer more. My brother said Aaron Rodgers called him Dr. Pfizer, which I like actually kind of prefer Mr. Pfizer more even though I will acknowledge that objectively Dr. Pfizer is a better nickname. Something about Mr. Pfizer just seems funnier to me. Um, chunky chicken noodle soup, state farm, Ma Auto. <laughs> that commercial is funny. Mahomes and Ma Auto, that's funny. And of course, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reed, Taylor Swift, the team mascot. They will all be advancing to the Super Bowl. Now, I talked a little bit yesterday about the script. The script. And actually, I was pretty well pleased with with my take on uh, the script. Now, the script is, it's always kind of been a thing. And it's always kind of been batted around that, you know, NFL and these professional sports are rigged. The script is is taking it to a level where it, these these outcomes are literally predetermined. I mean, it's literally getting to the point where they're accusing. They're basically saying that all the players and coaches are like in on it, which I I mean, like I said yesterday, it it you're getting to my Uncle Phil levels of conspiracy theory where, in order for this to make sense, it would require every single player, every single coach, every single, you know, person on some level in the organization that makes decisions. Or if not everyone, then at least all the impact players. Like, okay, maybe in this version of how things work, maybe all the Ravens aren't aware of the fact that they're supposed to lose. But at the very least, you would have to assume that, like, Lamar Jackson would have to know that the script is for them to lose, you know, he's a guy who's going to have the ball in hand every play you know so like at the very least you'd have to believe that like the the main impact players on either side are aware of what the how the game is supposed to turn out and i just that that's it, it's it's not i'm not even going to entertain that because it just it's it's just obviously not how it works however the idea that the nfl and every business in entertainment, in anything, obviously has preferred outcomes, ideal scenarios that that represent the most opportunity and most profit margin. Obviously, the NFL will take measures to, let's say, facilitate and encourage those scenarios over the alternatives. What do I mean by that? Well, the NFL is not literally going to script out and predetermine the victors of um, the AFC and NFC championships. They're not going to do that. It's too risky and almost unnecessary because what the NFL does do, and this happened, and I actually just kind of, I'm glad that, you know, I, I'm revisiting this subject today because I actually went over to my parents' house for dinner and I talked a little, about, a little bit about this with my father. And he tuned me in to, uh, he, he brought up two examples. The first example he brought up was um, Tiger Woods. And when Tiger Woods first kind of got, you know, on the up and up in the golf game, um I don't know what exact tournament this was or how this happened or whatever. My dad was basically explaining that like you know he was playing this tournament, and the course was actually in very many ways set up, or maybe even this the course was chosen as the the location because it worked the best with Tiger Wood's style and strengths, so essentially, yeah. He still has to win the fucking tournament, of course. But because he represented such a powerhouse uh, fixture uh, for money and profit and marketing in the golf world, he was kind of put in positions to thrive. Courses, tournaments, things like that were in some ways you could say slightly catered to be advantageous to his strengths. So if he was a powerful driver, then maybe there would be more long drive holes on this course or a certain type of fairway. I don't know that much about golf, but I do know that every course is different. And therefore, you know, much like baseball, where baseball fields are very different. Um, but golf course is even more so. I mean, golf courses is completely unique, course to course. And so golf, maybe more than any sport, represents a sport where you could certainly kind of see what courses would fare better to certain golfers, depending on what their strengths are. And if you have a guy who is, you know, who represents this major marketable, you know, face of the uh, face of the sport, you might have vested interests in kind of setting him up for success more than let's say some other random guy. Um he my father also brought up the example of Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier Now, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier had a very famous rivalry. I think they fought three times. I want to say Muhammad Ali won twice. I think he won the first and third matches. I could be wrong. But from the business angle of the sport, Muhammad Ali clearly represented the more marketable face, mouthpiece, the person who was going to drive up the sales, ticket sales, pay-per-views, whatever. Muhammad Ali was going to be the guy that was going to be getting all the commercial deals, who was going to be appearing on all the talk shows. He was the one that was really actually probably selling the vast majority of the tickets for these fights. Joe Frazier was a great boxer. Muhammad Ali was a great boxer and a great front man a great hype man, a great marketer, a great talker, good-looking guy, funny, charismatic, and all those other things that hand-in-hand with being able to win a boxing match are actually really the things that put asses in seats and have people tuning in. So if you are the World Boxing Commission or whatever the hell, there's like six different, 60 fucking different leagues and commissions and all this shit. Boxing is so fucking weird. I never understood it. But if you're whoever the hell is the people that are running this shit back then, you would almost have to be crazy to think that they don't have these things kind of set up in a way to benefit the person who's going to make more money. See, they're not going to rig the fight. They're not going to tell the ref to stop it early. They're not going to do anything like that. But they may very well take certain steps to kind of make the path to victory a little less bumpy for... A guy like Muhammad Ali, or a guy like Tiger Woods, or a guy like Tom Brady back in the day, or a guy like Patrick Mahomes now. Which brings me to the present. Watching that game, it's very. It would be. It was. It was so obvious that it's. It's almost. It's almost to the point of uh, insulting to one's intelligence. Uh, When you're watching the AFC championship game in Baltimore with the Kansas City Chiefs against the Ravens, and during every commercial break, we are being inundated with commercials from very specifically and unapologetically one team. And it's not the Ravens. I'll give you a hint. So, you know, you have an insurance commercial and there's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Coach Andy Reid. Then you have the chicken noodles. Then you have the fives. Then you have some other shit. It's like uh, Travis Kelsey has like four or five endorsement deals. You have all this stuff. Not one commercial featuring Lamar Jackson or Justin Tucker or any of the other Ravens. And so it's very, it's like, it, it almost gets to the point where it's like, how how can we, like, they even have the balls to be showing these commercials while these two teams are playing. Like, I'm literally, I'm literally watching Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Coach Andy Reid on the field as we speak, playing against the Ravens, and they're also in every commercial. The Ravens are not in any commercials. How can you possibly sit here and genuinely think that the NFL is impartial in every way to who advances to the next round? I mean at that point it almost I that would be ideal, I guess. But also if you're over the age of I would say I don't want to put a number on it. But once you grow up, you realize that the NFL is a multi-billion dollar industry. And while they are interested in providing valuable entertainment and even fair competition, their main concern is making money. Because guess what? If the money aspect didn't exist, the NFL wouldn't exist. So that's their number one priority. That's every player's number one priority. That's every coach's number one priority. That's basically every single person that has to do with the NFL's priority, except for you as the fan. The fans are really the only people in the entire equation of the NFL that is not concerned with profit as the number one priority. Now, again, let's revisit how you can have very many priorities, but the decisions you make demonstrate where those priorities lie. Fair, fun, competitive games are a top priority of the NFL. Just not as top as making money. And I just feel like that's kind of just a more grown-up way of, of looking at it. And it's why I don't allow myself to get too upset when things don't go our way. I don't think the refs, I don't think the NFL again scripts the winners. I do think that the officials and the league itself institute rules and kind of protect certain players and certain teams in ways that maybe they don't do so for other players and other teams that are not as marketable and do not bring in as much money. And I think that You know, they kind of, in the same way that, you know, for Tiger Woods, when he was coming up, they may have kind of set up courses or chosen courses that were going to play well into his strengths. Or with fighters like Muhammad Ali, may have made it so it's like, look, you know, we're not saying you can't beat Muhammad Ali, but if you're going to beat Muhammad Ali, you're going to have to beat Muhammad Ali. Like, if it comes down to a toss up split decision, it's going to be edged in Ali's favor. We're not going to. Have you come in and fight an even fight and then beat the guy who makes us, you know, 10 times as much money than you do on a coin toss? If you come in, if Joe Frazier, you come in and you, you've decisively beat Muhammad Ali, then congratulations, you decisively beat Muhammad Ali. And we're not going to stop you from that. We're not going to impede you from that. However, if it has to come down to a tiebreaker situation we would be we would be remiss to not lean in favor and go in favor of the more marketable money making fighter so the ravens did not do ourselves any favors by showing up And looking like shit on defense and offense in the first half and on offense the entire game. The defense, you know, to their credit, really stepped up. The Chiefs didn't score a single point in the entire second half. Unfortunately, the offense only scored three in the second half. So the Ravens did not do themselves any favors. But I would say neither did the NFL. The Ravens could have beaten the Chiefs. But in the same way that the Ravens had home field advantage, the Chiefs kind of have America's golden boy team advantage. Mahomes has golden boy advantage. Kelsey has golden boy advantage. Those are all things that exist. I'm not even mad about them. I don't even consider that a conspiracy. I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it would be a conspiracy to suggest that the NFL, a multi-billion dollar industry, has no say or no input or no sway or lenience in how games are officiated. I think that would be a very out there theory. Versus, oh yeah, this billion dollar industry who makes money off of football entertainment. They probably have something to do with it a little bit. I don't think they're having fucking play rehearsal after school. Okay, and Zay, this is when you fumble the ball. Okay, take three, one, and a two, and a skiddly do. Obviously, that's not what I'm talking about, and anybody who is talking uh, like that is either just so far removed from reality that they're not even worth listening to, or they are doing something that I like to call controlled disinformation or uh, controlled opposition where they take the the oppositional side and then frame the argument in such a ridiculous way that it undermines and and invalidates or delegitimizes uh, the entire stance as a whole. Um, And so it's kind of a way of saying like, oh, anybody who thinks that the NFL may have some sway in the turnout of games in favor of certain teams that are more marketable, um, you know, they're basically saying that they think, you know, every player's in on it. And that's how they invalidate a reasonable take by associating it with a completely ridiculous take. That happens all the time. It's it's like Psyops 101. Speaking of PsyOps, um, am I missing something with the Taylor Swift AI shit? Like I know what's I know what it's about, and I've seen a couple pictures like in passing on Twitter, but I'm kind of assuming I'm missing something like there's got to be something more than what I've seen. I've seen the one where she's like, like bending over, but it's like a face first picture. It's not even really any nudity or anything. And she's like twerking. It looks like on like a player or something. Um, and I think I've seen like another couple ones that none of them are like, I wouldn't even consider any of the pictures I've seen are rated much less, you know, pornography. Um, so maybe I am missing something. I would have to assume that with the level of outrage that, uh, I've seen on the internet that there were a lot more vulgar pictures taken or not taken. They weren't taken. They were literally made. There were a lot more photos concocted by artificial intelligence, whoever, you know, instructed it to do so, um, that were much more explicit, much more inappropriate, much more offensive um, than what I've seen. So I'm going to give the internet the benefit of the doubt on that because if it is true that what I've seen is all there is to see, then I'm going to have to just bow out of the conversation. Because I acknowledge this is more, if anything, uh, let me put it this way. I still think there's a very important conversation to be had about the power of modern technology and artificial intelligence and the impeding threat of deep fakes and how good they are getting at being able to, I mean, those pictures that I saw, that looks like Taylor Swift, I mean, Taylor Swift is probably looking at those pictures like, damn, I wish that was me. (laughs) I'd love to see an AI picture of me, but make me look like, you know, like one notch hotter on the scale. Not saying Taylor Swift isn't, you know, beautiful, but you know, AI really kind of, they, you know, they didn't, they didn't, AI was nice. AI was polite in that regard. Um, so there's a, there's a conversation we had about that to the point where it's getting like, you know, can like, I, I don't even know if being canceled is, a, can be a thing anymore in a couple of years because like, we're almost moving out of the era of like digging up like old content that I think that part is over. I think that, you know, too many people realize that like, you know, if they start digging up shit from 10 years ago virtually every single one of us is fucked i mean you know it's just the reality times have changed the world we lived in in 2014 is not the same world we live in in 2024 and that was especially true when the whole cancel shit kind of peaked in 2020 cuz 2010 and 2020 are are i mean i don't i don't know if there's any larger gap culturally within one decade uh, in modern American history than that gap because that span of 10 years was really the span between 2010 and 2020 where the internet kind of transcended from uh, like just the internet like, you would go on there and check your MySpace and your Facebook and just kind of post shit and just say stupid. Jimmy Seleski is chilling on Facebook. Like, the Facebook status was just like blank is whatever. Like, it was just, it was just like, it was not a thing. It was like checking on your like Tamagotchi pets. Like, nobody even really considered Facebook like a real thing or the internet as a whole. It was like a forum you'd go and check up on and like, you know maybe you'd talk about a picture you saw on facebook but it wasn't like real life you know real life was real life and i would say that the years between 2010 and 2020 was this massive kind of gradual but not so gradual shift towards the internet being real life and now it's almost crazy to say to to imagine that it used to not be that big of a deal i used to say ridiculous shit on the internet and nobody gave a fuck, not just because the times were different and I was younger, but also nobody took the internet that seriously in general. And that's just, that's just kind of a reality. Um, 2020, you know, I think was the peak, the peak peak of like canceling everything and changing names of shit and everything. You know, the Washington Redskins are the commanders now. The Cleveland Indians are the guardians. Aunt Jemima's fucking Pearl Milling Company. I, I hate to say it. I stopped buying fucking Aunt Jemima. I, that's so weak. That's so weak. I used to love Aunt Jemima. Disrespectful. Removing a black woman from a position of, uh, you know, regard. People like Aunt Jemima. You know, that was kind of... um. Not to get on too much of a side tangent, but like they literally like a lot of people found out that certain shit was racist that we didn't even think of as racist. And so it was like they literally like injected hate and bigotry into conversations that we had never even considered that in that way. I didn't look at a box of Aunt Jemima and think anything racist. I saw oh, it's Aunt Jemima. I'm assuming that was probably a real woman. And if it was, then she probably made great fucking pancakes. Then I had to find out it's actually a racist depiction of a fictional slash non-fictional character that was a stereotype of the, you know, the Reconstruction era mammies or whatever. Like, I was like, really? Because I'm pretty sure you could have just kept on doing that and nobody would have given a fuck as no one had given a fuck for a hundred years until you started telling us that we need to give a fuck. Same with the Redskins, same with everything. But anyway, I think now that we're in 2024, almost halfway through this decade of the 20s, which is crazy, we're halfway through the 20s almost. Um, I think people realize that like, look, if we're going to dig up everybody's past, then we're all fucked. And also, going back to the AI thing, I mean, we're at the point now where it's probably a reasonable expectation. We've already been seeing for a couple years, like almost a couple years at this point, these kind of like deep fakes of like, not just pictures like with Taylor Swift, but like videos, like full-on videos of like Biden or Trump or Joe Rogan or anyone I mean, that like, and, and they're almost indistinguishable in a lot of ways. Like, you really have to kind of be familiar with that person to pick up on the little giveaways that it's, that it's fake. You know, you're listening to Joe Biden, that's a president of the United States. You know what Joe Biden sounds like, or <laughs> uh, what, he, what he should sound like, I guess, what he's trying to sound like in vain. You know what Trump sounds like. You know what Rogan sounds like. And also there might be an element of like, you know, the more of a bank of speaking and images that you have of yourself available to the public then the easier it is to generate a a deep fake. You know, I might be fucked for that because I have, you know, probably thousands and thousands of hours over the past eight years of video and audio content That uh, so far has accomplished nothing but, I guess, setting me up for an eventual deepfake. Uh, And maybe that'll... That might be the first time anyone listens to the show. Is when I'm being deepfaked. That sucks. Fake me has a legitimate shot at being more successful than real me. Such a shame. Um but that's like a legitimate thing now. We're to the point where it's like, if somebody like pulled up like a video of you saying something, I mean, it, we might very well get to the point where you could just be like, that's not real. Like that could be like a real defense. Like a video of you blatantly doing something and a very legitimate defense for that in the not-so-distant future, could be, that's a fake video. I didn't do that. I never said that. That's not real. I mean, you see how good we are now with it. We're only going to get better with it. I mean, look look at watching Watch a movie from the 70s. They couldn't even get the color of blood right in the 70s. Like, I don't even know how you look at a 70s movie at any time and they saw that blood and were like, that's blood. I am buying this. signed, sealed, delivered. This is real. Like, was blood a different color in the 70s? Was it bright red in the 70s? Blood is like a dark red. It's like a deep, dark red. When you see, like, real blood, it's like, that's fucking blood. Like, blood red is a distinct flavor of red gross but it's like ugh, blood red and they were just using like fucking like uh you know fucking starburst or something melted star I don't even know what they were using like stock bright red paint so maybe but maybe people's eyes I I I feel like I've heard about that in some venue or another where like you know before people had been exposed to better uh you know production effects and things like that they were more i guess like they they were less able to 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 you know identify these like obviously fake things you know because i'm looking at these 70s movies having grown up in the 90s and the 2000s where you know effects were not nearly what they are today, but they were obviously much better than the 70s and 60s. So I can watch a movie from that era and be like, yeah, this is obviously so so corny. This is fake. Not that there aren't good movies from that era, but just like the production and stuff. Um, but maybe in the 60s and 70s when you had nothing else to compare it to. That was like, you kind of bought it. You're like, yeah, I mean, this is realer than anything I've seen. I mean, you're not used to visually seeing something unless it's real before movies. Like, you know, you you, maybe you watch a stage play and that obviously looks phony, and people are like strung from ceilings. So, like, even just the you know, you watch like a fucking silent film, and even like the idea that somebody's like flying through the air and you can't like very obviously see the strings must look like must have been like magical to them back then. Like, holy shit. It's not like I see this every day. Like, if there's a guy floating in the air and I don't see strings, that I'll, I'm buying it. Not that they actually thought he was flying, but like it was believable enough from a movie perspective that it didn't look stupid. So maybe there is a possibility that future generations, that that maybe the reason why we think these deep fakes look so good is because it's just the best we've seen so far. Maybe there will always be future generations of people that will have grown up, like our kids will have grown up with this level of CGI and, you know, AI abilities and things like that. To the point where we, we might look back on, like, some deep fake that we all are, like, astonished by today, how real it looks. We might look back on it in 10 years and think, like... <laughs> I can't believe anybody fell for that. Like this is so corny looking, like you can so obviously tell. like maybe we'll become so in tune with like the difference. We might actually learn a lot about humanity. The more and more AI and computers are able to try to simulate uh, humanness that we might get more and more refined in our ability to kind of suss out human from cyborg i don't know that i mean i don't know i don't know but as long as it keeps going the way it's going now assuming that you know we don't have fucking you know detectives of the next generation that can that can suss out an android or ai fake shit from a real video that is virtually indistinguishable Assuming that, then I I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I mean, that's, that's an interesting conversation. I think much more interesting than how Taylor Swift feels about these pictures. Again, if it's just the pictures I've seen, which aren't even really any nudity, then, okay, somebody made some really good photoshops of you doing some, like, you know, risque, f- semi-funny, like, kitschy shit. If there's like actual porn of you like getting fucked, first of all, that's already been a thing. Like there was a whole video, uh, like a deep fake of uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, the congresswoman, like sucking some dude's dick. And like they had like superimposed her face onto like an actual porn video uh, of, I guess, a girl that had like the same complexion, same type of body type as her, Uh, you know, whatever. Obviously a good looking woman in her own right. And they just kind of like were able to fuse that to make it like AOC. And it was like, I mean, it was certainly good enough if that was like a fetish of yours. Like if you had like a AOC thing, you know, and you're like thinking like, geez, I'd love to see AOC suck a dick like that that video would definitely get the job done for you um so this is when and that was a video i think the taylor swift thing was just pictures so i don't know what's going on with that like i i it was i i'm almost getting to the point where it's like the it's one of those things where it almost feels like manufactured uh not outrage but manufactured uh talking points or anything. Not. I, I can't find the perfect word for it, but it's like, it's one of those things where you hear people talking about it. My friends have even brought it up and I'm like, I just have to assume again that I'm missing something because otherwise there's no way that people are actually this interested in what appeared to me just like a, a batch of kind of funny, you know, semi-sexy pictures of Taylor Swift that everyone new weren't real. Like that's the other thing. Nobody was really I don't think anybody was like pitching these as real. I don't think at any point were were they trying to make people believe that these pictures were real. So in some in many ways it's kind of just like a really distasteful photoshop job. I mean, kind of, which is like, is that really worth a national conversation? If you want to take it to the level that I took it before about the dangers that AI and, and, you know, shit like that pose and deep fakes pose to, to all of us, then sure. But as it pertains to just Taylor Swift, I mean, no shade to Taylor Swift, but like, is this really a top issue? right now that you're offended by some some photoshops that somebody did of you is this really uh is this really top three on the on the world problems list not to sound insensitive but jesus christ i mean i don't know i'd say no i'd say probably not you know but again, maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the rules are. Like, you know, I we're in one of those states, like I've heard people say in the past, that like, you know, we there's things that are happening right now that we don't even have laws to address them because it's the first time in human history that they've been possible. So like, this is like a whole, like, you know, there's certain things that happen where, like, you're trying to base, you're trying to, like, cite old law to be like, all right, like, how do we handle this thing, whatever. This is one of those things that's like, uh, what historic laws do we have in the books to address? Someone being able to fully generate a completely fake image, a believable fake image, of someone doing something—not even just an image, sometimes video and audio—the legality of that, obviously, you would have to say that would have to be illegal. But all the previous things would be like if somebody like exposes some private content. But those pictures were real, like you know, like with Scarlett Johansson or no, um, Jennifer Lawrence. You know those her iCloud leak like those were real photos that were just illegally leaked to the public. That's obviously something that you could prosecute and sue or whatever. Would 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 an AI fake fall under like libel or slander laws maybe because it's like defamatory Maybe if you are saying that it's real, then yeah, that would be, that would obviously fall under the scope of um, libel. I can't remember which one it is. I think libel is written um, defamation and slander is verbal defamation. So I would say that, you know, a published pho- photograph would probably fall more under libel, like published. Um, defa- defamation so yeah I guess if you created a video or audio or photo of a person and were trying to convince people that this is real that this is a real pornographic picture of this woman or that this is really something this guy said or this is really something this person did then in that case, yeah, that would I think that would certainly fall under the scope of defamation and libel. And there would be protections. But what if it's not pitched to the public as real? What well, if at that point it's just like um like a meme? Like I created this meme, you know, I do that all the time with my schedules, my, for my music schedules. A lot of times I'll take a picture. Maybe it'll have something to do with like the time of year we're in, if it's a holiday or maybe it'll have something to do with like current events, like whatever. I'll Photoshop like my head onto something or like the other guys in the band or whatever. I'll do some type of Photoshop. And like, honestly, a lot of times it looks pretty good. Like my Cinco de Mayo one, I Photoshopped my head on like a mariachi guy. Pretty good. So that at what point, how do we then, if it's going to, if it's, if, but, but I don't know I'm not saying like, Hey, this is really, I, this is really a picture of me when I used to play in a mariachi band or yeah, that remember that time when I was Christian Bale from, uh, uh, 310 to Yuma and John Burkhart was, uh, Russell, uh, whatever his name is Russell Crowe. Remember that time that we were in that movie? Because this is a real picture of us? No. It's like they're really well done photoshops which makes it a quality post but the insinuation is always that like obviously this is a photoshop but like I'm also going to take some time to make it a quality photoshop to make it a good post. Um, That's almost more like where I would maybe think potentially uh, a a outwardly fake deepfake is like a a deepfake that admits it's a deepfake would probably fall more under the scope of just a really good photoshop meme because if not then where do we draw the line like how do we draw the line at how well done it is like okay if i photoshop myself into something else if i superimpose myself into something even if i say haha Even if the insinuation is this is fake and I am totally forthcoming and transparent about the fact that it's fake, do they then look at it and go, dude, honestly, you're saying this is fake, which is true, but this looks way too good. So now we're going to base the legality of a deep fake or of a, a generated image based off of how good it is. I don't know. Look, I'm I'm totally willing to be completely way off on this. This is a totally new subject. I'm throwing shit up against the wall just thinking out loud really. I you know, this is this is new for everybody. This is a conversation that we're going to be having more and more and more uh over the next I mean probably forever at this point. But it's just getting started. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so maybe that's the 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 conversation we should be having about these deep fakes, and not uh, whatever the hell everyone's talking about. Because they're certainly not that interesting. The Taylor Swift ones, otherwise. Between you and me, I kind of wish they there was. A, I kind of I kind of hope I'm missing something. Ah, oh, man. What time is it? Three oh three. Ah, perfect. We've been going for about an hour. I didn't even have to get to any other topics. I was gonna do a little Twitter Tuesday for you, but you know, I mean, look, I'm still trying to figure out what this show is, how exactly it's gonna go. The way I see it, I want to make it as natural as possible. I found that things just seem to flow best when you let it flow. So I'm not going to try to force anything because I find that when I force things, it immediately just doesn't feel right and it is very clearly not what I need to be doing. So I have a bunch of clips and stuff and shit, I you know, topics to address. But like, also if I want to fucking talk about the AI shit for 30 minutes and the Ravens for the other 30 minutes, if that's the vibe I'm in, on any given Tuesday, then that's what I'll talk about you know so I don't know I'm ple. I think we covered a lot for a fucking Tuesday there's other shit going on with politics maybe I'll try to get into the Iran shit later on in the week whatever uh, maybe address some of these uh, videos that I found on Twitter that are just you know interesting um, but for now I'm I, I think that's a great Tuesday 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 folks my name is jimmy celeski thanks for watching as always until next time peace